0: Hey coach, before we begin, I just want to tell you about the Coach Calls Timeout Basketball Coaching Program. We have hundreds of plays, drills, practice plans, worksheets, and other resources to help you succeed on and off the court as a coach. All the resources are created with the purpose of making your job less overwhelming. I know that coaching can be a lonely road at times, but it doesn't have to be. You can even jump into our free coaching forum to get or lend support from your peers. Check it out at coachcallstimeout.com. You're now in the huddle with Coach Calls Timeout. Welcome to another episode of your Basketball Coaching Helper, the Coach Calls Timeout podcast. I'm your host, Dan Jonker, and this is episode number 45. Today, we're continuing with the focus on youth and high school basketball coaches who are doing unique things. The goal of the podcast is to throw ideas and resources at you so that you can pick and choose what to add to your own coaching toolbox. In today's episode, I interview the founder and creator, of the Wednesday night basketball coaching chat on Twitter, Coach John DeMarco. He's built his Twitter chat, which focuses on helping coaches support and connect with each other, into the largest basketball coaching resource on Twitter. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, he starts the chat and is helping hundreds of coaches from around the world. I talked to John about the Twitter chat, his coaching journey, and a bunch of other coaching related topics. Coach DeMarco provides a ton of value throughout the conversation, so let's get right to it. You can follow along at coachcallstimeout.com slash 45. I'll provide the link so you can follow John and his Twitter chat, and I highly, highly recommend you do so.
1: You know, a little bit of background on on myself. Um, You know, I started uh, coaching... About 18 years ago, I was um, just had graduated high school. I was playing college football at the time, and um, my uh, former high school coach asked me to come back and help out in the winter time. So, sat on the varsity bench as an assistant coach, and I helped out. I coached the summer league team, and that's kind of how I got started. I was coaching some youth basketball at that time, and graduated college and became a JV coach at my former high school. My first year, I coached football and basketball, and. Um, You know, I've been coaching basketball um, ever since. Um, I've coached um, JV, uh, I've coached varsity, uh, boys and girls basketball, and I've done some AAU coaching as well. Um, You know, the last last year I officially was a head coach was 2017. My son was born in December of 2016, and, you know, we now have three kids, a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and a newborn. So... Um, you know, I wanted to find something that, you know, where I could kind of make my own schedule a little bit more, which is how I, I got into the chat and I can talk a little bit more about that later. But <clears throat> that last year we had a great season. We went to the uh, state semifinals before losing a really tight game and, um, you know, left the program in really, really great shape. So it was kind of a good way to go out and, um, got into some, uh, you know, training and then some online. Uh, coaching as well like I said which I'll get into and coached football um, right out of college as well and I coached that all the way up till 2013 and, and my uh, next to last year in football I went to the Super Bowl at uh, we got to play at Gillette Stadium which was really cool we lost um, pretty close game um, in the Super Bowl as well but that was a great experience so football and basketball uh, experienced a lot of years I still train football players and basketball players um, so still involved um, and working with coaches in both sports as well so you know have been doing it for a while and uh, I, I do miss the uh, team aspect of coaching but hopefully I'll get into that again when my kids get a little, a little bit bigger
0: a couple follow-up questions I'm always interested in how coaches uh, begin their journey and how long did it take you until you were getting paid to coach how many years
1: that's a great question. So, um, you know, obviously when I was in college, I volunteered as a, a coach for those 4 years at my old high school. Um, but I got paid right out of college. So, I was uh, 22 years old at the time and I was a uh, wide receivers coach uh, on the football team and I was the head coach of the junior varsity um basketball program uh just a step below the varsity team and varsity assistant coach so i got paid you know right out of college it it, uh you know it wasn't a ton of money but i was a teacher um as well you know which is another reason i took a step back from coaching because i'm now uh, an assistant principal at a school so doing that plus the kids and everything uh would have been challenging so Um, but I was teaching at the time and I was getting paid as a coach. It's not a whole lot of money, but I think we, we did the math. It was about, you know, less than a dollar a day that you're, uh, you're getting paid in terms of coaching. Um, but you know, it was worth it. We, you, you do it because you love the kids and you know, you love working with the other coaches and just, you know, uh, you know, trying to help the kids, not just in sports, but really to, uh, grow as people too. So, I'm sure you, you can attest to that as well.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I warn people who are interested in getting into coaching or teaching is if you want to do it properly, don't ever do the math on how much you're making an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it, it will never look it's good.
1: So just, you know, <laughs> no, I was going to say, it's so, it's so true. I mean, you look at it, and when you're young, of course, you don't, know, you know you're just getting paid. I was getting a check from teaching and from coaching at the end of the season and like, Oh, I get this, you know, chunk of money at the end of the season. But you know, when you really look at it to your point, you're like, you know, it's not, it's not a whole lot of money. Um, but you know, it's worth it for all the other reasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that, uh, missing the team aspect is what you, you kind of miss the most. Is that, is that what you would say is, is, uh, what's missing right now from not coaching?
1: Yeah. You know, I, you know, working with players individually, it's great. I go watch them play and, you know, it's exciting to see their games and I root for them and, you know, I want to see them do well. And obviously I want to see their teams be successful because I think the two kind of go hand in hand. But, you know, when you work uh, in that team setting, I just think of the relationships, you know, I have a relationship with the individual players I coach obviously, but the relationships you build in that journey uh, every season, you know, you go through that journey, the ups and downs, and, um, you know, you're really helping them to develop as, as leaders and as people. And, um, I still talk to so many of my former players and uh, I, I always shoot an email out, you know, um, you know, when my uh, kids are born, I, you know, send them a picture and like send an email out to all of them and they reach out and ask how I'm doing. And it's just so great to keep in touch with them. So I, I miss the relationships that you build, You know with with that group of players and sort of that journey every season that that you go on and you know our last year you know the the year before we had a a pretty average season we're about 500 and we had some good players coming back but we kind of as the season went on we got better and better and we made this run uh in the state playoffs and Um, I I just think like, you know, how special that was. And my brother was one of the coaches and one of my best friends coached with me. So just that whole experience and that journey that you go on when, you know, you're the head coach of a program. You know, it's something that's really, really special. And um, I, I, I miss that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, it's great when you get it to coach with uh friends and family as well. I I was an assistant coach for my older brother um when he was coaching high school. He now coaches uh college in in Canada here. Um but yeah, that makes it extra special when you have those
1: memories that you share together. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's funny cuz you know, my brother when I was growing up, you know we have a, a i'm the youngest of five, so he was you know a little bit older than me, and he coached me when I was in you know playing youth basketball and uh, you know, in, in the, the city I grew up in, I mean, he was pretty much like a legendary youth basketball coach. Uh, he coached at the high school level too. And, um, you know, he could have coached really at any level. He just has a great way with kids. But, you know, he coached me at the youth level. We won a lot of championships and he helped so many kids. And we'll be out sometimes even now and people come up to him and, like, thank him, you know, for, for the work he did with them. And not as a basketball player only, but, like, you know helping them as people and so when I had a chance to be a head coach and even when I was a JV head coach I brought him in and we had so much fun and uh, you know we still go out and watch games we have season tickets or uh, half season tickets to the Celtics and it was it was special and then my friends who I played with in high school and to have him and you know when you go on a run like that in the tournament and you know I, I'll never forget we we uh, were losing pretty big early in um, one of our tournament games. And uh, we came all the way back and we won. And, like, there's a picture of us all just hugging each other, my brother, my friend, uh, myself, and then actually a former player um, who I coached in football who came on as an assistant. So the four of us just embracing and it was just such an exciting moment. So, um, you know, those are the things, the relationships I keep going back to, but not just the players, but it was special to really do that. Um, you know, my brother and, and my, one of my best friends and, uh, one of the players I coached too, who's also a coach friend now.
0: That's amazing how um whenever I talk to coaches who aren't coaching at, at the at the time they're that's what they always miss is the the team aspect and building relationships and that kind of stuff and then when I'm sure when you went through the same thing when you were a player I I missed the the locker room stuff. I didn't miss the games, I didn't think about the games and the practices. It was the locker room stuff that I thought about the most, hanging out with the guys and all that kind of stuff. It's amazing how the actual game is such a focus and so intense, but a lot of times that's not even what's fond, most fondly remembered.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's, it's. <laughs> I think of um, you know some of the the guys I, I'm still friends with, and we always go back and we talk about you know some of the bus rides and some of uh, you know after the game and some of the the moments we had and you know and, and even you know after a great win and you know when I was a player we had a couple couple really solid teams and we had good runs in the state tournament and just to go through that with with your friends and people you still talk to now and we do we go back to those moments and um you know those relationships and you know you build as players and now to still be friends with some of those people years later uh it's, it's pretty amazing and even thinking now as a coach that you know kids uh like a player that i coached um, is now you know someone who coached with me um, as a basketball uh, assistant coach and worked with me and um it was it was pretty cool to like kind of bring him along and really mentor him now not just as a player but you know as a coach too and now um of course he's a great football coach um he's kind of dedicated himself to that and to see him go off and have the success he's had. So it's just, you know, as a player, you, you kind of build that, you know, those relationships with your, your teammates and, and your coaches. And, you know, as, as a coach, there's, you know, your assistant coaches, but also the former players you worked with. So, um, you know, it's, it's pretty special and those are, you're spot on. Those are the things that, you know, you think about and you go back to and, and, you know, obviously those, those moments. So.
0: So let's get into today, uh, what you're doing. It, it seems like your, your motto is get better every day. That's yeah. kind of the gist that I get out of, out of your Twitter account and from the, the Twitter chat, which we'll talk about as well. What do you, what do you think some things that coaches can do to kind of live by that motto?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's something that, you know, for me, I was always kind of, uh, I, a motto for our teams. we, you know, there's so many things that happen during the season. There's so many things that can prevent you from sort of that that model getting better every day. So we really try to focus on that as a team. And you know, whether it was a game, a win or a loss, or, but how, how do we get better? And um, I kind of took that with me. And when I started uh, out on Twitter a couple years back, just after I had finished my final season uh, coaching you know, that was something that, you know, was always near and dear to me. And, you know, I I feel like for coaches, you know, the more, the more opportunities they take advantage of in terms of learning and sort of like in the education world, we talk about that growth mindset. And, you know, for me, that's, that's how I try to live. I try to, take something every day away that I've learned and, and really try to improve myself. And I think that's the first thing for coaches is, you know, I think of social media. There's a lot of coaches who participate in the chat. Um, there's other great forms. Uh, you know, Dan, I think about what you're doing with coach calls timeout and I, I love to retweet your stuff. And um, it always gets a lot of hits, um, you know, on Twitter because you share like, You know great sets that uh you know coaches can really relate to that really can you know i think about them like i think youth coaches could use it i think high school and i think they're even applicable like at the at the college level too so i think for coaches to go out and really take advantage of the resources out there uh, i think you know it's not just about going to coaches clinics anymore there's so much you can do like every day on twitter is a coaches clinic so Um, I I think that's number one. Coaches can go out there and and really try to take advantage of the resources that are out there. Um, Don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, The second thing that comes to mind, I, I get a lot of DMs. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah coaches asking from youth all the way up to college coaches saying like what do you think about this sharing sets with me and, and asking me even like how would you defend this or um, you know asking for advice against the press or asking for zone offenses and so I think don't be afraid to ask questions and again it kind of goes back to that social media world it's you have everything at your fingertips and um, don't be too proud to kind of go out there and, and, and take advantage of those resources and Um, you know, even, you know, sites that ask, you know, for X amount of dollars. And for me, I sign up for those things because I feel like there's things I can learn out of that and there's things I can take from that. And, um, there's some really great resources out there. And as I mentioned, Dan, you're, you're one of my go-tos all the time. So, I mean, I think those are a couple things that, that obviously come to mind immediately, but, For for coaches, the the, the last thing I'll really say, and this is something I try to live by um, in terms of coaching both football and basketball, I think there's a lot of coaches who will tell you with football, you have to run this offense you know, the wing tee or the spread offense. And with basketball, they tell you, you have to play man-to-man. You have to play zone. You um, you can't, you know, you have to teach it a certain way. And you have to run this type of offense. And you have to use this type of coaching in practice. And it's only games-based. And it's only SSGs. Or you can only drill players. And, you know, you get it on both sides. And for me, I really try to keep a balance. And I think that's a great way to kind of grow as a coach, um, I think some coaches feel like there's only one way to do things, and um, I, I really encourage coaches to explore all the options and kind of figure out who you are, what fits for your style, your personality, your your players. Um, I, I do think there's a lot of coaches who kind of pigeonhole themselves because they think there's only one way to do it, and you know there's a lot of different ways to be right. When you're coaching basketball, yeah. and I can certainly give some examples of that and kind of my own experiences. But um, I, I do encourage coaches to kind of create their own identity, and I think that's a great way to get better. Because as you're creating your own identity, you're finding things that work for you, and you know you're probably hungry to go out there and learn more um, about things that, that that can really help you to uh, improve as a coach.
0: I couldn't agree more. One of the things that I um that i try to preach at coach calls timeout is adaptability don't just do the same thing over and over just for the sake of doing the same thing like it's it makes you a lot easier to prepare for as an opponent it's if you're unpredictable it's it's a wild card if you're changing things up and you know different different offenses and different zone defenses and whatever you want to do if you're unpredictable you're you're that much more dangerous
1: so it's funny because like when I first started out coaching I was um I, I tended to be a little bit more zone based. I was at the JV level and I played man to man but I was definitely I liked to press but I was more zone based and then as I transitioned I became like man to man is the way and we started started to really incorporate a full court pressure defense. Then I started to transition a little bit into kind of a matchup zone but also but really playing mostly man-to-man, but putting that in as a wrinkle. And so I kind of looked at my own, I looked back at my own journey, and I was successful as as a coach who used zone, and I was successful as a coach who played man and press. And so it was really about kind of finding the identity for the program I was with and the players I had. And at the end of my career, we were full court, like VCU, Havoc, Pressure. Um, pressure was kind of our motto, and up in team spaces, and and we played man-to-man, and then we used a little bit of a matchup zone at times. But, you know, that worked for us and our system, and it was our identity, and the kids believed in it. Um, but, you know, kind of to your point, I, I think that adaptability, I think, you know, uh, it, it really, from year to year, you can adjust. And even within that program with pressure kind of being our motto and that man to man, my last two years, we played a matchup zone and, uh, we got really good at it. And that really helped us with our run in the tournament and in the playoffs, so to speak. Um, so I, I got a little bit stubborn for a couple of years. We we're like, Oh, we're a man to man team and that's it. And then I realized there was some things I could do to really help our program, and we had a veteran team, and um, I I made some adjustments. So, you know, to your point, I I do think that adaptability is important, and I think, you know, kind of having that mindset that it's okay to make some changes, you know, not – it doesn't mean it has to be every day or every week, but – There are definitely times where you need to think about things differently and think about what what could really work for your program, not just for you as a coach, but what works best for your players.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing is putting your players in a position to succeed, especially for the coaches who don't have the luxury of recruiting. Maybe sometimes they'll have three or four slower, but, you know, good players, but they, they wouldn't be able to run that pressing that you're talking about in the matchup zones Mm -hmm. and everything else they they wouldn't be you wouldn't succeed doing that and they wouldn't succeed and they'd probably dread coming to play basketball (laughs) after a while because they just keep failing so yeah putting your players in a position to succeed is is just as important
1: yeah absolutely and uh i i think of one of the years we had kind of a younger group of players and you know, one of the mistakes I made as a coach and I, I can look back at it now and I really have learned a lot from it. And, you know, it's not easy. Um, obviously, especially on a podcast, say, so, yeah, Hey, I made a mistake, but <laughs> I look back at it and, and, you know, and I'm, and I'm okay with this because I learned from it and I got better from it. But, and I think that's, that's something the key. as I grew as a coach, that was important. Um, but one of the mistakes I made was, you know, we had had a couple of successful years. You know, with that full court pressure, and I had a younger team, uh, and I was starting three players who were underclassmen and uh, young, very very young players, and they had been in the system. But I really, for me, I really should have brought it down and simplified it. So we went into the season, and we had our man to man, and we started to kind of incorporate some of that pressure defense. And you know, I got a couple games in. And I just pulled back the reins, and I said, you know what? And I, and I kind of wish I had done it sooner, which is the mistake in it. Uh, but I pulled back the reins, and I said, we're not ready for this. We need to be great as a half-court team in defensively. Um, and if you can't tell, I'm very big on talk a lot about defense. That's kind of my MO. But we needed to be great about being a half-court defensive team, and we had to defend the ball and get into, you know, the lanes and, and just do the things that that made us. Really good before we could extend to that full court pressure. So when I look back at that, you know, I, I say kind of to your point about, you know, it doesn't work all the time. I, I really had to think about the players in front of me and, and, you know, that was a good lesson for me. And of course, it, it helped us down the stretch run of the season. And um, we really got back to the basics. We really simplified things. And, um, you know, offensively, we were doing that. But defensively, I, I, you know, sometimes you think this is our system, this is what we do, but you kind of had to pull back. I, I kind of had to pull back a little bit. So I kind of learned um, the hard way. And um, But I, I see that with a lot of coaches. And when I talk to them and they say they have young teams, I say, keep it simple. You know, don't go out there and expect them to run 75 sets and seven different defenses and be great at less. And And I would rather see that than be like average or below average, really, at a, a bunch of different things, because then you're just going to keep switching defenses and you know, and you're going to think it's it's one thing or another. Just be keep it simple and be really good at less things. And um, you know, I learned that the hard way, and I'm okay admitting that. And I bet there's a lot of coaches out there who probably had the, the same tough lesson as I did.
0: Yeah, I think every young coach has that uh, same lesson where maybe maybe I need to change some things up <laughs> to succeed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and keep the players uh, succeeding as well. Um, one thing I wanted to to go back to was. The Wednesday night chats so you run a, a Twitter chat every Wednesday you've you've done it for now how many 50
1: how many more weeks have you done 53 oh, uh, 54 55 weeks now so yeah we started on January 19 uh, January ninth. sorry uh, 2019
0: okay so one of the cool things that when you were talking about um, how to get better every day as a coach one of your things was ask questions And it made me realize that you're doing that now, even though you're not coaching team basketball right now, but you're still doing that same thing by hosting this Twitter chat, which is Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You're asking five or six questions every night or every Wednesday night for coaches to jump in and give their opinions on. And I think it's fantastic what you're doing. And one thing that I've noticed as well is that you get a really high engagement rate. There's a lot of coaches who are replying and you, it doesn't just stop at 9 PM when you stop the chat, it just keeps going for a few days and weeks after that, people are still replying to those questions. What do you attribute that to?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's funny when I, when I started out, I started out with a question, um, a question of the day, a question of the week. And I did it for football and basketball. And, um, You know it started to grow a little bit over the course of time um i was doing that prior to you know during 2018 i was kind of doing the question of the week and i saw some other chats that were out there and i saw that you know every week that they were kind of consistent they posted their questions they had a hashtag and so i i I thought that would be a really great thing and basketball kind of there's there's been some football chats out there but um there wasn't a basketball chat that I saw on Twitter, so I said, you know, maybe I can really get this kick-started because I want to learn just like o- other coaches are hungry to learn out there. So, I mean, in terms of the people who apply, I, I, you know, I think they have that same mindset. I think they're great coaches who are really excited about the opportunity to share ideas with other coaches, and um, it's an open forum, so you get feedback, and the thing I love about it is that it's it's really positive, and we really have tried to keep it that way. Um, there's a coaches that have a, 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 there's coaches on there that will live and die by a zone. There's coaches on there that love man to man. There's some coaches that hate mid-range shots and there's other coaches that are like go shoot mid-range shots you know so you get kind of that variety uh you know different perspectives and I think there's something for everyone from youth all the way up to college and and really I think even professional but um there's there's stuff that's on there for coaches at all different levels and um you know People reply and then other coaches see it and they're like, I would love to chime in on this topic because I have something to offer. So we really encourage coaches to go out and and share with one another. And it's funny because you see, you know, the X amount of comments that go in every week. But I, you know, I get the impressions and I'm, I'm getting 25,000, 30,000 impressions, which means, you know, people are clicking on it. They're viewing it. They're seeing it. So, you know, there's a lot of coaches that have a large amount of followers that comment on there and their followers are seeing that and they're clicking on it. So there's a lot of coaches I'll get DMs from that will say, you know, thank you for the chat. And I'm like, geez, this name doesn't look A lot of the people I've gotten to know and there's new people that come on every week, but um and I'm like, geez, I like I don't I go back, I look, I'm like this I haven't seen them recently and I you know, I'll message them back, Thanks so much, really appreciate it, thanks for participating and a lot of times they'll say like I'm I'm just I view it, you know, I sit back and I see the great things that are out there and the coaches are sharing and so there's a lot of coaches who, who follow the chat that just don't comment but they're they're there really for that like coaches clinic and uh so that's a pretty cool thing um as well
0: yeah that's great that they can just be a fly on the wall and take it in every every week and they don't even have to come for the for the 8 p.m they can come whenever they want
1: yeah and i try to um i create a moment every every week with some of the top replies from coaches and um, it's funny, the other day I got a someone commented from like uh we're in like week whatever, fifty five and someone like uh commented back on like our, our finishing chat, which was like way back to like I think it was week twenty nine or week thirty three maybe. Oh wow. Um they went back and they commented on it. Um yeah, week twenty nine and I just I was like, Wow and you know, you get people that randomly will like it, they'll go back and they search through the hashtag and um so it's cool and and definitely i i also use it because coaches ask me questions like oh like how do you teach finishing or what are some small sided games you recommend and i i take the moment and i share with them and i say you know here's some ideas i have but go through this chat and see what other people are saying see what they're doing because um there's so many great coaches out there and um you know, we've had division one basketball coaches that have chimed in in the chat and, um, you know, great coaches like yourself or, um, you know, Radius Athletics, um, they always chime in. That's their, their Twitter handle. Uh, um, but you know, coaches like that that chime in and just have a great, great deal of uh, information to share. So there's, there's just, there's so much out there and it's, um, it's great to have the coaches every week.
0: Yeah. And it's great that, like you said, you can go back. 30 weeks from now and and go back and it's just as relevant as it is today. These things aren't like current topics that are are going to be dead like the news a week later, you know. This is a resource that can go on forever. And it's also yeah, nice that good. it's also nice that, you know, social media has such a negative uh rap and it's nice that this has kind of changed the coaching world as well because the coaching world has always been this secret little niche thing where everybody's got their their opinions and they want to keep it to themselves because they want to win every game and they don't want anyone to know what they know and now it just seems like social media has kind of let people spread what they know and everybody's kind of helping each other and it's making the kids better which is the main thing
1: yeah i think there's so many coaches who are excited to share and you know to have an opportunity to really learn from them and to your point i I do feel like You know it was that way for a long time and you know there's obviously there's things i haven't shared yet and there's things probably some other coaches haven't shared yet but i think seeing a lot of the sets and seeing a lot of the information that's out there and of course now on tv i think of the coaches that that you know, you can go on and get like the Golden State Warriors playbook or the Boston Celtics. And, yeah. You know, there's pay sites that you can go out there and and find that stuff. So I think coaches are recognizing that, and I think they're like, you know what, this is a great opportunity to share with 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 other coaches who have questions. And I think social media has been great for that. And I go back to again, I you know the positive part of it. I really really try to emphasize that. Um, I think there's some people um, that can be a little negative on social media, and, you know, that's up to them if they want to do that, but I try not to go down that road, and I hope that, you know, the people who follow me or who join in the chat can really continue to keep it positive because it's really about learning and, you know, respecting um, there's a lot of different perspectives out there and, you know, at all different levels of coaching and all different sports. And um, you you can never think your way is the only way because um, I, I think, you know, we know it's not, it's not, you know.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I wonder when you're doing those chats, if I, if I reply or answer something, you're liking it or commenting on it so quick i feel like you have like 10 people working with you in the (laughs) in the basement on 10 different computers you're you're always really encouraging with all your replies to people and i think that that helps spread the word of the chat as well because everybody knows that it's a a positive place to come and learn and grow together so you do a great job of that
1: well i i appreciate that and uh you know i try to uh pull up I actually use uh two computers uh you know as much as I can to try to kind of go back and forth and you know post things and uh answer you know replies and and even like you said when the chat's over I'm getting you know comments the next day or the next morning and um and then it always leads to DMs which is kind of new for me because you know, it's one of those things where um, I've been fortunate to learn from a lot of great coaches in person and obviously on social media. But um, I, I love when coaches DM me and every single one I reply to, sometimes it takes me a couple days because, you know, I'll get hit with a couple in a day. And, you know, they ask some some questions that are sometimes a little bit deep and like, you know, both zone offense or beating a press or Mm -hmm. um some defensive questions but um you know it it leads to the chat kind of leads to some of that stuff and for me you know i I love it and i love the opportunity to um you know share and talk to talk to those coaches
0: so i'll get you out of here i won't keep you too much longer i'll get you out of here with a couple more questions so you can actually enjoy your quiet time with your wife probably the she did all the hard work putting the kids to bed (laughs) Um what what's one thing that surprised you with the chat that you've you didn't expect to come out of it or you didn't expect to learn?
1: Yeah, so um and and by the way, I I could talk that I could talk basketball all night, so uh, <laughs> um I'm I'm happy to uh, happy to talk but um you know, so I you know, I think every week there's something different that coaches share that I take with me and I try to keep a run and tally of all that and you know, trying to learn as much as I can. So and also, so I can share with other coaches, but um I, I think two things that really stood out to me. Um Number one, I did a chat that was on, um, you know, junk defenses and using, you know, the boxing one, the triangle and two, and some coaches get mad when you call it a junk defense, but you know, that's kind of the, the term people use. But I did a chat on that, and, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I thought there would be obviously a lot of coaches who were really opposed to it. Um, but I got a lot of feedback from coaches where they're really experimenting with some different defense, you know, using a box and one or using a triangle and two. And one of the questions I put out there was, you know, the Toronto Raptors famously used that uh, last year um you know against golden state so um you know when curry was kind of the only one they were playing a little bit of box and one and um you know so I, I think that changed maybe some coaches perspective on it but i was very um i was intrigued by the responses because it was interesting to hear coaches come out and say like yep i use that and i'm not afraid to mix it in and i'm not afraid um, you know, and, and prior to that, I felt like everyone was like a man-to-man coach, and if you played zone, you were less of a coach. I don't, I don't believe that, but that was kind of what I got from a lot of, a lot of people. But to hear that people were using some of those defenses was really, really interesting for me. And I think um, one of the other things that was pretty cool um, was uh, Luke Yaklich, who is. Coach for uh, I think the associate head coach for uh, the University of Texas. Um, he actually chimed in. We were doing a chat on communication. Um, you know that that was one of the focus questions, um, and how you can you know really help players to communicate with each other and really assess whether they're doing it in practice, and he actually shared something about tracking the decibel levels. Um, So that was something that, you know, I I really emphasize communication as a coach, but, um, you know, to get a, a coach from the University of Texas to chime in and then share something that I'm like, huh, you know, I, I never really thought about that before, and it gives a lot of credibility to it, right? All of a sudden, coaches are like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, <laughs> you
1: know, so it was kind of a cool, uh, that was definitely something that I, I, I took away from it. It was kind of a cool thing, but it surprised me because, I, I, you know, I'd never really heard that before.
0: Well, I mean, if you keep keep going the way you're going and, and the way that you're building it, you're... Yeah. I don't doubt that you're going to be reaching a lot of the college coaches who will start jumping in and, and answering stuff as well. I've got last question for you. I think I, I might know the answer to this based on our conversation, but what's one thing that you wish you did earlier in your coaching career that you do now?
1: Uh, you know, there's there's definitely a couple of things that, you know, come come to mind. I'm actually curious what you th- I'm actually curious what you think I would say on this one. Well,
0: maybe the adaptability the adaptability thing uh jumps out to me right away.
1: yeah, no, that's definitely something that's definitely something that that um you know that I've thought about um, you know but actually something that I guess it kind of goes with it a little bit, but you know one of the things that I think as a younger coach um starting out um, and I'm going to use the term overcoach. Um, I think I overcoached a little bit. Um, and I think that, you know, that's probably common. You feel like, you know, especially in games, like what your role is. And what I kind of learned as I as I grew as a coach was, you know, what you do in practice and the amount of time you spend, you put into practice, when you get into that game, I feel like not, not that you're sitting back, you're coaching and, and you're working with the players or whatever, but, You know, that your approach can be a little, a little bit different in games. And I think, um, you know, even offensively, you know, I went to more of a dribble drive offense and I was really more about decision making and teaching kids how to play basketball. Um, you know, when I was first starting out, it was every time down I was calling a set. You know and and um, there's nothing wrong with that and I, and there was times where i called sets as a dribble drive coach but i think i over coached a little bit and um you know that's something that as i grew as a coach i was able to kind of take a step back and let the players kind of figure things out as they were going through it and really teach them about decision making and how to um, process things in the moment and that i didn't have to micromanage everything and you yeah, know, that's tough. It's tough letting go of that, some of that a little bit. But if you look at a lot of the really great coaches, I think that's one thing you'll see, um, is, is kind of that focus on decision making and maybe not over coaching sometimes, uh, and micromanaging things. So that's definitely one thing, um, that comes to mind. And there's one other thing that I kind of, or actually maybe two other things, not, not, you know, that come to mind, um, how I, how I use my assistant coaches is, You know, when I was starting out, and especially even as a new varsity head coach, it was very much, you know, what I was doing and, you know, how they would support what I was doing. And I really, as I grew as a coach, tried to empower my assistant coaches. Um, I had a coach who just focused on rebounding. I had a coach who, you know, who was working with the guards, who was working with the post, but really letting them take more ownership during the game at halftime uh, and how they chimed in even pregame. Um, but really how I use my assistant coaches. And I think I, I that really kind of came from my background as a football coach, because uh, that's kind of more of a football coach mentality. But I think using my assistant coaches was something that I, I definitely, looking back at kind of my younger self and something that's kind of changed. And the last, the last thing I would say is sort of my approach overall. Um, I, I think – when you're a younger coach, you look at like a loss as a failure and a bad thing. And I think as you grow, it's like, I think coach uh, Calipari said this, but um, you win or you learn. And I think you kind of should learn when you win too. But, you know, in, in those games where um, things don't go your way and you lose, it's a learning opportunity. And I think as a young coach, I took those like, losses i i don't think you ever take a loss well but but as i i I grew as a coach i think i really started to learn you know that this is a learning experience it's a learning opportunity we got to get better and that's kind of the get better every day mentality and kind of where that came from too so those are those are like three different things that kind of come to mind from you know my approach as i grew as a coach
0: Uh, that's great thanks for sharing all those those are awesome there's lots to take in for uh, young coaches, experienced coaches. Anybody can can learn a lot from what you've talked about today. And I appreciate you jumping on the call and taking some time to talk with me about basketball.
1: Yeah, any anytime, Coach. Uh, always, always excited to talk about hoops. And uh, you know, anytime uh, you want to have me, uh, I love to uh, I love to share uh, as much as I can. Um, I'll
0: take you up on that. Are you starting your own podcast too? Did
1: I see a tweet about that? So yeah, that's, that's in the works, kinda, nice. you know, that's something I'd like to do over the next year and I'm kind of putting the pieces together for that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of great podcasts out there and I've been fortunate to uh, be involved with a couple of them, uh, you know, recently and have a chance to talk to coaches. So I got to I'm still kind of, it's in the works, but, uh, definitely something I want to, I want to do. And I hope when I do, uh, you know, organize it and get it together that, uh, you know, you'll join me so I can ask uh, ask you those questions and definitely learn from you as well.
0: Sounds good. Let's do it. Thanks a lot, Coach. We'll uh, we'll talk to you on Wednesday. I'll I'll be tweeting at you.
1: All right, Coach. That that sounds good. Uh, look forward to uh, talking to you. I hope other coaches who are listening, you know, come come out and listen to the chat. Um, follow you know follow me on Twitter and uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. And I really hope Dan that they're checking out you know, everything that you're sharing on Twitter and the great website you put together and the podcast you're doing now. And, um, you know, I, I really think, um, in, in terms of learning on Twitter, you know, you're definitely someone that I look at and, and the things that you share, um, that I go to and I learn from. So, um, thank you for all that you do with the podcast and the website and just everything you share on Twitter. I know you put a lot of time into it. So, um, I really appreciate it. And I know uh, I'm sure the coaches out there do as well.
0: Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good night, coach. We'll talk to you later.
1: All right. Have a great night.
0: There you have it. I'm sure there's a ton of tips you can take from coach John DeMarco and toss them into your coaching kit. Speaking of coaching kits, at Coach Calls Timeout, we have a pretty full kit. Uh, wait, does that sound, does, does that sound right? Anyway, what I'm trying to say is we have a course that teaches coaches how to plan their practices and get the most out of their limited gym time, increase player engagement and team development. I'll put a link in the description of this episode if you want to check it out. Right now, the cost is $29.99. It may go up in the future. It's also part of the resources if you're a member of our coaching program. You can go to coachcallstimeout.com to learn more. Thanks again for joining us, and I'll be back in two weeks with another coach, and a lot more tips. See you then.